Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World, a podcast for everyone passionate about landscape photography. I'm Grant Swinburne, I'll be your host on the show, talking to landscape photographers about their motivations, likes and dislikes. Before we start, I just wanted to mention that my 2024 calendar is now available for pre-order on my website. All pre-orders will be hand-signed by me and the first 50 orders will be at a discounted price. Head to grantswinburnphotography.com to check it out. This week I'm joined by Kim Feast, the former world number one ranked athlete in bodyboarding and an accomplished surf photographer. Kim's journey has taken him to some of the most incredible waves on the planet, capturing the world's top athletes in action. His stunning photography has graced the covers of renowned magazines and adored the storefronts of prominent retail brands. In this conversation, Kim shares the secrets of keeping innovation alive in his work, a journey that has earned him recognition from Red Bull and other major brands. Kim's recent venture into the world of photography NFTs on Foundation is a testament to his commitment to pushing creative boundaries. His overarching goal is simple yet profound, to live life to the fullest, pursuing his passions while making a positive impact on others. Join us as we delve into Kim's exhilarating journey through the waves and the lens where creativity and freedom reign supreme. I hope you enjoy the show. G'day Kim, welcome to Landscape Photography World. How are you going? G'day, yeah, good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks for taking you the, some time out of your day to uh, have a bit of a chat. I wanted to talk to you about what you do and why you do what you do, and that's the it's the why that I'm really interested in. Most people will know your work as uh, surf photography, etc., but you do a little bit more than that. Yeah. But why don't you tell us where you get started, when you got started in what what latched you onto the, the bug? I'd always been playing around with cameras mm-hmm. for some reason. I just love that kind of staring through a square hole and just seeing what you can see. Yeah. I never was, I was always like, they were just little disposable ones and it was yeah, just yeah. like, Ooh. and then I was doing some traveling and I, as a professional athlete in bodyboarding, I was working with a lot of elite level photographers Yep. So I was surrounded by like guys with you know, really talented people, really yeah. high level equipment for whatever the time was at that point. And I started traveling, doing the world tour for bodyboarding. Okay. And yeah, it was just a natural progression of had a little camera, had a, got a better one, got a point and shoot. Yep. Just like slowly stepped up. Um, and I was studying an architecture degree at the time as well. So there was like, I started with landscape photography and architecture photography because yeah, I think at the time also I'd injured my, I I had a couple of big injuries from surfing, so I couldn't surf and yeah, the camera became that outlet. Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess surf photography's got its own challenges and very different to architecture yep. landscape there's a, there's some similarities there but obviously surf is is quite a different genre and quite a a challenging genre because you're balancing not only getting the composition and the timing right and everything you're also trying to stay alive in the water keep keep yeah. your head head above water so you can breathe yeah it's so interesting. That's one of the things that like I love 
about it is that it's these unique one-of-a-kind moments of energy that's unfolding in front of you and you've got to it's this dynamic thing and you've got to lock your eyes to a screen yeah I, I i like to look through the viewfinder and track what i'm doing i'm not a big like just pointing yeah, yeah. So in that regard, it's like what you can see at that point in time in that moment and with such a dynamic thing that just does whatever it wants, especially if you've got a wave and an athlete surfing in there, that's mm. such an interesting, intriguing experience and it's very challenging. I think that's part of what drew it to me, drew me to it. And then I guess if people watch the video you, you, can you see my little background picture is that okay yeah so that's me on my boogie board yeah the lifetime of the amount of time i've spent in the ocean getting taught <laughs> by the ocean it really has given me the skill set to be comfortable in those extreme situations with the camera yeah. yeah when did you first get a camera into the water with you 2000 and I think I was looking at those photos the other day 2013 yeah I had a neck injury a big spinal injury I couldn't surf I was yeah pretty cooked yeah it was a pretty pretty rough time and one of my friends who's a guy called Tom Jennings if you ever look him up he's one of the world's top videographers surf videographers he yeah I've seen some of his work yeah he's insane yeah, yeah. He has a, a, a housing for, I had like just a, it's called a 7D. It's not the top. Yep. And he had a water housing that he wasn't using and he'd left it in his, I don't know, at that point in time, it had got a bit warped from the summer. Right. It's yeah. it pretty hot. So he wasn't yeah. using it. And I was like, it had a, it had the whole, it, this can fail at any time warning with it. So <laughs> came with but, yeah, I, pretty, I pretty much borrowed that from him yeah and away i went yeah i just i remember having i think at that point in time i was studying my final year of architecture too so i had to be up in the city yep. and the waves are not as strong now i remember the first time i actually first session it was this super shallow sandbank so i could just stand there with the camera yeah right and it was like having had such an experience like riding the waves and knowing how a wave forms where to be where not yep. to be to stand there or swim there with the camera is was instantly just like, I already know what I'm doing here yeah and then having combining because I started just learning how to operate a camera as landscape and all the other areas of photography yeah and then having my professional surf photographer mates to bug the hell out of. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a fairly swift transition, I think. Yeah, as soon fair as enough. I see it was 2013, 10 years. When did it start to become artistic as opposed to most surf Always. photographers? It, it, Straight away, yeah. Even in that first session. Because, like, I'm super AD, you, I would be classified those ADHD kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's hard for me, yeah, in, even in that first session, I already knew how to do slow shutter photography. Yeah. So I was, like, just 
trying stuff and because my brains it doesn't really sit I don't really sit still if you see me fidgeting around in this freaking so in that regard there was yeah I think from the get-go because I was always I started with landscape photography you were already in the in that artistic genre when I pressed a a butt my finger on the camera that was to create a piece of art yeah from the get-go yeah. Even when I was looking at, I remember a moment in my mum's house when I was little and I had the first little camera and I remember there was a, mum had some like f- real f- mossy fern stuff. It was early uh-huh. in the morning and then there was a spider web that was coated in water. Cool. All the little water droplets. Yep. And I was like getting all weird. And, but <laughs> so yeah, it's probably always been about art first and then. Nice. I guess it, in the dynamic of what you want to do and if you want to dedicate your time, then you need to move yourself through the commercial aspects of that if you want to make money out of it. Yeah. Yep. So is that what you're doing mostly now or what's your main gig? The main gig has been, was the NFTs. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that was. Main gig right now is selling all the gear that I get from <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> Yeah, just in some, I've had certain life experiences that have dictated, I guess, where I'm at now and how I was even able to be, have my time there in the NFTs. Yep. If I'm honest, like I've gone through a lot of the genres of photography. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't, like, I don't really enjoy them that much. Like <laughs> a lot of the commercial stuff. Yeah, right. I don't, like, I'm introverted as a person having to haggle you know, have people haggle you for prices and always yeah, kind of, yeah. I just didn't I'm not that kind of person myself so I was just having gone through that and then certain life experiences I've got some there's a backstory that's probably a bit too long for here yeah fair not, enough some so not very good stuff yep. that has left me with some I guess you'd say medical consequences that have meant yeah, that right. yeah there's certain things I can and can't do certain things I now struggle with that I never used to in the past. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, at the moment, I'm just still focused on like fine art. Yep. And I've got, it's been great because like, I guess I got lucky with the NFTs. One of my mates dragged me in two years ago, right yeah. now. Yeah. Pretty much today, two years ago. Yeah. And then just go down the rabbit hole of that and then got, fortunate with a couple of collectors that then gave me that opportunity to focus my energy on just going and creating more art so that's what I've done I've got a huge body of work sitting here it's yeah yeah, I haven't really shown anyone but (laughs) just trying to wrap my head around because the Twitter is gnarly yeah yeah it's like, because it's got its good parts. Like, without it, I wouldn't be sitting with you having this conversation. Yeah, very true. Uh, but the head noise that it generates, I don't know whether that's like that for everyone, but for me, the head noise that it generates and the constant overstimulation of seeing everyone's opinion and what yeah. you should do, it's just bark. That's, that's, <laughs> like, that's how I describe it. It's just like, fuck. I know. I know exactly what you mean. My relationship with uh, social media has changed quite a bit over the years and yeah. I treat it, I, I, 
I now look at it as a not so much a sales channel, but an advertising, like a media channel. Yeah. Uh, to just I know it's necessary. Yeah, to, uh, to and... push stuff out there. It's and sometimes it's overt and like advertising the podcast. It's hey, come and watch the podcast video episode or have a listen to the next episode, whatever. But for me, it's like that's all it is. I don't really want to get into the I guess the situation where it does bug you and oh, it's, always, it's always been something that's got me yeah it's yeah, not, I'll not. take days off simply yeah. like and a week or two off just, just because yeah all right I can see whereas I'll, I'll just pick up my bloody phone and go on the application and you're like, what am I doing yeah what are you doing yeah just like but in that yeah, regard I'm, like I, yeah, I think just, the right way to do it is to become more intentional with it yeah but even just getting, as soon as I get on that app, I'm being stimulated by the feed. Yeah. Right. By the actual application itself is, because that's what they're designed to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, it's designed to, like, to suck you in. It's like the pokies. Yeah, yeah, and it's, so I'm getting through, like, example, today, I keep hiding it, like, every, I've hidden it for about six, I don't know, two years probably, like, COVID. Yeah. I can't get it off the app. Wow. And it's, it just is this little, every time you come on, you're like, fuck. <laughs> but anyway, like, again, the app does is extremely beneficial. It's connected me with individuals like yourself and so many incredible artists. Yeah. yeah. It's just that the actual space itself is just, yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> anyway, is for the moment, it's, but like, to me, I look at this in a sense as like the blockchain is my legacy to an extent. In yeah, that right. Once it's up there, it's up there. Like it's especially with Manifold and that now, it's like my legacy of as an artist and what things I want to showcase as that's how I'm looking at it, what I want on the blockchain, yeah. not like every like i mean interested in how people make those choices about what goes into what's a portfolio piece versus yeah it's good but it's not that good it's not good enough to be in my portfolio how do you make that choice because i had when i when the bull run kicked off i essentially had 10 i like i started when i get a camera 2009 yep and then 2013 would have been that the water housing. So I I had the time at that point in time because I was doing elite level surf photography. I can still yeah. go and I might go and do some of that this afternoon. Some of the boys yeah, cool. are gonna yeah, they're gonna go get pretty nuts in about hour and a half. But because of that, I had the ability to put my time to it. Yeah. And I had I keep alluding to that pretty sh- real shit period of just thing after thing yeah so i lost some confidence in myself because of all the things that happened and i was trying i've been trying to do this fine art stuff since 2013 literally like i have a facebook page for a little like the fine art business like that i yes i sat down and curated everything i got all my hard drives i've just been shooting and archiving i haven't been right I hadn't sold any work ever. Yeah. So my work had been seen on the front of like magazines and in the surfing industry. 
Yep. But I'd never gone into the fine art because it just kept causing me so much anxiety of trying to do it. Mm -hmm. Like partly because of those things that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I just sat down and curated everything. So I I guess that that sounds great in terms of curating, but what did you actually do? What, what, when you're looking at two images and you're saying that one's good enough, that one's not, what is it that you're actually looking for? Is it the crispness Um, and the quality and the, the, the focus? Is it the color? Is it the combination of everything that's in the image? I, I think I probably benefit from having done the architecture degree. Yeah. So the creative process from that, I can just split stuff apart and pull out, like you said, all the elements and go, what am I trying to do here? What's the scope of the the problem or what am I trying to understand or respond to? And then just be like, when I go through these images, how hard was it to take? Was I in extreme danger or was I just sitting next to a car with a drone in? Was I... Is it a moment like I've anything I've ever seen? Because like when you're out there in the ocean, yep. it's like anyone you see these like moments, and it it's a moment, and then it's gone. Yeah, yeah. You're not ready in that specific split second moment, and framed everything, got all your settings done. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's gone. You've got that tiny moment to be ready. That's one of the things I kind of love about it. So having mm. an understanding of I've taken that moment. So I know what that's like in comparison to I'm just like being super critical and architecture is like a process of critique and review. So yeah, I'm just like, is this a moment? Have I seen this before? Is it similar? Does And then it's, is it in focus? Does it meet criteria? Is it, if it's a speed blur, is it, are there certain elements? Yeah, just all those kind of decisions that I think probably everyone would go through. I would. I expect yeah I, I, I think there's people out there that struggle with the ability to be critical about their own work though because if you've not been through a process like architecture where you're actually yeah, they destroyed you know, us man we yeah got getting so somebody to actually smart. look at what you're doing and saying that's crap that's good yeah <laughs> you don't yeah. know what's crap and what's good but that's also the way as much as it's like confronting to the ego that's yep. how you progress and like absolutely yeah. I think a lot of crew hearing this, even like some of the collectors, like they probably think I'm selling. Oh, I don't know whether I've shown you. I love showing people in private as I go along. If I create something cool, I love to show someone and hear their response, see yeah, their, right. what words they choose to use, whether whether they like it or whether they don't and for what reason, because art is subjective. Absolutely. How do you go about setting yourself creative challenges is it more extreme weather is it more extreme surf events or is it Um, something more focused thought about this a little bit in a certain respect the ocean dictates everything yep at best i get 16 days yeah look at a forecast and see a storm potentially coming so it's essentially two weeks of yeah I've got two weeks and then it's realistically here, it's a week for the big swells. You've got to be down to one or two days because the storms change. And as I've gone through this process 
and got egged on by these collectors and encouraged and combining with the creative process from uni, a more look towards I've curated what I've shot already. And yeah, I just right. went and did that because I wanted to have that experience. And a lot yeah. of the a lot of the stuff that I'm going and doing still is like doing it to have the experience of doing it. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm yeah. just putting yeah. myself there because you. I don't know if the ocean's going to dish out like the most perfect moment ever or just not. But yeah. without putting myself there, I just don't. Yeah, you've got to be in the in in the vicinity to get a, an opportunity. Otherwise, you miss yep. out. Yeah. And then I guess it's from there. It's then working through. I've never ever had huge amounts of gear, but like working with the gear that I've got. Yep. And whether looking at details, abstracts, like just trying to create a really cool body of ocean art, like a big body of work. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's like fueling me at the moment is the the drive to and it, it's well on its way, but it's just yeah the what's essentially been a lifetime of experience in the ocean and now a good ten years of documenting the ocean just for the sake of documenting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, particularly with say drone photography. You see a lot of that sort of top down or oblique view where you okay, it's a wave or Maybe if you're lucky, you might get a, yeah. a a bit of action in there with a surfer or a a sea creature of some sort, a whale or a seal or or whatever. If you luck out with that, yeah, there's not as much like technical aspect. I've got a drone here. Yeah. Anyway, um, can, what I was going to say is some beautiful stuff with them. Yep. Yeah, but you you That's see a lot okay. of those, and I get the feeling with some that they tend to be a bit samey. A wave is a wave, and so on. Unless you get something that's a, a little bit unique, how do you infuse those sorts of shots? And it's not just the drone shots as well, but how do you yeah. infuse those with your own style and vision? Like the drone side of things here in this space is huge. Yeah, Ma- massive. Like you come into this space and I don't know what it's like for you. Do you feel like you need to prove yourself as an individual, like to be <laughs> um, like taken seriously or have your work taken seriously? Like the, it's a, the popularity contest side of things. Like, Yeah, I, I go along with that, that it matters less to me how many comments I get say on a on an image what matters more to me is who's making those comments yeah. so if it's somebody that i know and respect as another landscape photographer i'm going to certainly feel much more of a dopamine hit when one of them says oh wow that's that's incredible grant doesn't happen that often when it does it makes you feel good it doesn't do that for me anymore yeah it's weird this Twitter just gives me freaking anxiety. That's the yeah, I'm not yeah, not so much Twitter. But, but yeah. I guess it, in terms of trying to like, you just go. I just try to be myself. Yeah, That's all I can be. Half a lot of the time, I feel like a freaking debacle, like <laughs> trying to do it. But I'm just doing it. Every, everyone's a hot mess now and then. <laughs> yeah, but I get I've I've coming into that's what I mean. It's like coming in here. You've got a lot of time to consider to think about. And to consider how you either justify to yourself as an artist and how you step yourself 
who am I compared to this person? There's so many yeah. incredible, talented people here. But me, I'm just, I know I'm a talented, creative little fucking, I know <laughs> I have that capacity within me and yep. that I've got a whole lifetime, a lot of experience now. Even when I was going through all that rough patch, I was still consistently learning and, and pushing myself to grow as an individual. Yeah. And then I get to now and that affords me the ability to go out into fairly extreme environment, yeah, like super extreme environments and know that I've got, I just go and do me. I'm trying to capture these little visions I have in my head. Yeah, but right. at the same time, I have no idea because I don't know what the ocean's going to do. Yeah, like, and you can't control it and there's nothing you can do except get yourself in the best spot. It's super weird because you're like, this is what I don't understand is, you know, like you can't plan for an ocean image. You can't say, I'm going out trying to take this image. It's going to look like this. You can in certain aspects. Yeah. If you know, the stuff, it, the stuff that we do, no idea what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> but putting yourself there so that it can happen and that rep, the dedication to it, yeah, I guess yeah. is like, what's bought all these things and that I think that dedication to your craft and going and doing time and time again is almost what just brings this body of work and whether I don't think I'm any better than like the next person around me there's an incredible crew yeah but yeah it's just sticking to yourself and your vision which can be freaking challenging when with the noise in this space yeah, yeah. How do you define success in your photography? I'd probably define some success at this point in time as financial okay. because they're where I need to get to. Yeah. Because right. that's what I have. I feel like I'm, there's, I know where I let myself down. Yep. And I've just got feelings that I could be in certain other positions if I can work around little roadblocks and stuff like that. So whether success, the bigger picture of doing all this is so you can look back when I'm old. That's the whole reason I'm doing it. It's not so I can get recognition or it's weird because it is, but it isn't. Yeah. Like I've been world number one on bodyboard. Yep. Yeah. So I know what it takes to be world number one. Yeah. And I'm gunning to be the world's top. I'm gunning to have the best collection of ocean art ever. The best. I have no idea if it's going to be the best, but doesn't matter. Yeah, that's where your intention is. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's, yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. Success, yeah, it has to be financial at this point in time. I need to pull my yeah. finger out my yeah. ass because there is a lot of opportunity and I've now worked my ass off and I have this body of work sitting here that I've sold some NFTs of. Yep. I've never sold a print of. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I've got a little idea. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it'll it should be out by the time this comes out. It'll be live ready. I'm working yeah. on it currently. Okay. Yeah, I can talk. I can tell you about it if you want. It's up to you. Oh no, it's up to you, mate. If you want to talk about it, it'll tie back into. Of course, I, I've I think I've sold hundred NFTs. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. I I don't know how or why, but I had a big collector take a yeah. liking. To me he just kept buying stuff and just egging me on and 
even when I'm a freaking having little meltdowns and stuff, he's <laughs> I wouldn't even know what what he looks like. But yeah, yeah. legend, absolute legend. But yeah, just I've never sold because of all the other stuff beforehand. I've never sold fine art. And I've always wanted to be in fine art. Yeah, yeah, right. I just really fall down at the selling myself, the marketing. So that's what I'm working on currently, yeah. getting some assistance in that department. Yeah, and okay. I've got, I grew up at a, there's a wave just out the front here. I don't know if you've noticed it either, but especially on Instagram, I'll tag everything as a place called Huzzers Beach. Yep. And I remember at the start of Instagram, I put a photo up of a certain beach that's like everyone, not everyone knows of. You don't know where. I didn't name it, didn't do anything, just put the photo up. It was like six months old, wasn't in season, anything. And it's a small community down here. And it it got back to me that someone was going around roasting me that I'd like going around going, yeah, writing me off behind my back. Yeah, right. I was like, I didn't even do what? And I was like, that's it. I'm naming everything Huzzers, like just out of pettiness. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and then it just becomes I don't, I don't put any locations on any of mine. Yeah, no, nah, me, me either. I don't, not at all. But then it just became this joke, unless it's obviously well known, but yeah. then it just became this running joke that I'd name any kind of wave Huzzers. Yeah, right. Huzzers is actually the little dribbling learner wave just out the front where we all started. It's where I began in the ocean, really, and yeah, the rock right. surfing waves. And it's where, so I'll, I have plans. I have another body of work coming that will just be called Huzzers. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and I want to make a book of Huzzers and just it just be ocean art. <laughs> I remember at one point, man, I had this an Aussie photographer who was living in Canada that I knew, and he oh, yeah. was, he reckons he had because I was just put, mostly Instagram at that point. I was calling everything Huzzers. It'd be yeah. like if it was in, in Indonesia, I'd call it Tropical Huzzers, and like <laughs> so no one would really know where it was, but it would. I'd tag like Huzzers Beach, yeah. and like. I remember he had someone in Canada come up and ask him, like, where's Huzz- where's this Huzzers Beach wave? It looks so <laughs> crazy. And I was just like, <laughs> it's literally nice. like, nice. it's like a little, small little learner wave that we grow up on. Yeah. So that's coming. And then, yeah, I've, I'm just going to release everything as a one-of-a-kind print. Yeah, cool. Cool. So I just want to continue. One, that one was... of a kind prints are pretty rare. They happen. The, the, a lot of photographers are more about, I'll, I, if I can sell it once, I'll sell it 20 times. Yeah, that's all. I don't care. I'm the opposite. I want yeah. you as one of the good things that I found with the NFT side of things that I really was the collection idea yeah. of collecting and, and connecting with the artist. Or me being able to express my thank you to them because they're actually collecting something that's one of a kind. And I, because of, regardless of the circumstances, I find myself in a unique circumstance where I have 10 years of work. Yeah. yeah. Of professional high level work with a high level professional camera that I was just shooting and archiving that I've gone through and curated that I'm now read and I've got enough to release it as a one of a kind so that people can buy something and know that they only have the only copy. Yeah. So I'm going to 
it's not actually going to be the only copy because I'm going to release a NFT and a print. Yep. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Look forward to seeing it. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Give me that pressure. My brain just, as soon as you said that, my brain's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not far away from it. Everything. I'm just going to slowly, like I didn't do in some of the NFT stuff is I'm yeah. just going to slowly release like little bits of the collection. And yeah. just, I've got eleven and a half thousand people on Instagram. I've never utilized it before. Yeah, might as well. And everything's I'm going to sell. I've got I've and I've got my pricing for this. Is where it's like NFTs. Your pricing is dictated by your popularity. Yep. I don't. I've got photos that are to me they're worth a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Here I can't do that yet because my profile's not big enough. You're not, yeah, you're not in the position to do it. Yeah. But I can do it with I can if I want, I just get laughed at. Yeah. But if it's my own personal website, I don't care. <laughs> you want that one of one and you pay for that. If you Fair don't enough. it's in there. Well the thing is, if you're only selling one of them, then you might as well make as much as you can. But I again, I get to dictate the prices too. If I choose right. to sell some one of ones for three hundred bucks each, that's my choice. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to offer like, see how it goes. I'm scared. Should, should be interesting. Ah, uh, don't yeah, be scared. Bloody hell. Because you can always change mine later. There's no uh, one thing I've learned in my nearly sixty years on this planet. There's not many decisions that are unable to be reversed. There's a few, like having kids. <laughs> Still a bloody kid. Yeah. What's still on your bucket list in terms of locations and places to shoot? Brazil. Yeah, okay. There's a certain location in Brazil that I want to shoot. There is, I'd like to go, it's, this sounds funny, but I, because I'd like to go on a wave pool tour. Okay. That'd be interesting. Document every wave pool uh, and ride it as well. And because I, I can document them with, I can ride with a camera in my mouth. Just get inside the barrel with the camera in my mouth. I was thinking about this the other day, Tahiti. Yeah. I'd like to, it's just having the money to be there because it's a fairly expensive trick. Australia's cooked though. Yeah. yeah, It's it's about the the same as Australia really. It should be fine. Yeah. Tahiti because some of the outer islands over there, oh my goodness. Yeah. I've, I've seen some footage from there and it's just, yeah. Insane. Tassie. Yeah. There's a couple of spots that I'd like to shoot there that are just like, yeah, insane, just formations of the ocean. Mm. New Zealand, I haven't. And Japan would be pretty cool. I've been there. I was supposed to go there, but then I broke my neck, so I couldn't. Fair enough. Fair enough. Does where you live influence how you shoot? Or is how you shoot just developed from that experience that you've got from all of the, the, the people that you've spoken to? Yeah, definitely. I'd say it, where I live, definitely 60% at, at the very least of influencing how I shoot. It's some of the craziest waves on the planet here. And yeah. it's, the, it's a raw ocean. It's the, some of the biggest storms on earth slam into these coastlines. And yep. some of the waves, especially on the south coast that we go, like, literally the biggest storms on the planet that need we wait for them yeah yeah. and then i guess the life experience like 
all of these waves I've ridden, even the big, there's a couple of them that I haven't and I won't because it's it's crazy. But in my youth, I've pursued and challenged myself to ride all of these waves. So having that understanding, that experience, yeah, I can't write that off. There's nothing, that's for sure. But again, a lot of that experience has been in this location here. It definitely gives you the ability because we have such brutal winters and you're going out in storms, you're disregarding the elements. Yeah. Yep. Essentially. You're pretty yep. much pretty yeah, that's a that that seems fairly fitting now I say it. Yeah, cool. What about places that keep drawing you back? Is there one spot that you just have to keep going back to whether it's because you haven't nailed it or whether it's because you've nailed it but you just love it yeah there's a lot of my work there's different spots they all have their own personality and their own elements and pretty much the majority some of a couple of them i reckon i've got close to imagery that reflects or like encapsulates what that place is yep but there's definitely some spots that i know i haven't even got close to what to seeing or capturing what that place can do because a lot of the times when you're out there you'll see something you won't be ready and because yeah. like i said there's you've got that split second moment yep you're not ready you was like oh and there's been lots of time where that where you're just sitting there watching something you're just like wow yeah oh, damn it yeah. I do that sometimes from land, just on land, looking at stuff and going, yeah, I know the camera's not ready. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy it. <laughs> I do that trying to shoot in lightning. <laughs> yeah. I'm fluffing around and then the bolt will come and I'll be like. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Missed it. <laughs> What's your most memorable experience while out shooting? That's a hard one because I feel like a lot of the times I go out shooting like, I don't go out, like, I could just be having a horrible day mentally. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, feeling like a freaking basket case. Just, what am I doing here? And you'll go out and shoot, and you'll capture this moment, and you'll get back, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Or you'll have it, you'll, ha- you'll go out, and you'll have an experience, like, or you witness this moment, or your day will change, and just by going and doing and putting yourself through the process of it. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if that answers that. No, it's fine. What about horror stories? What, shooting? Yeah. Cameras? I have a pretty funny one, actually. I've got a cracker of one. Last year. Yeah. Not sure what happened, but I was out at a wave called, it's called Evils. It's one of my favourite waves. It's this tiny little bay. It's so scary. You just got to swim out there and you just, it sucks super below sea level. Yeah, I've been challenging myself out there for the best part of last 10 years or so. Yeah, so I, last year it was the anniversary of my dad passing away. So a hard day, going to swim out there with a couple of mates. And it was like this time, it was like winter, but it was a really weirdly hot day. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, and so it was like this mixture of like cool but like hot. And I think my water housing had done something, whether it, was hot and then it contracted or but I also gave the just the port a little check when I was on the way out and then got out swam out because it's a 
to even get out is just sketchy. Like, so got out safely, got into the lineup. I'd changed some settings, t- taken a photo or two. And then I was just sitting there and I've gone to look at the port to make sure that it's ready to shoot, that there's no big water sitting on it. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. that looks like water. And then I, the lifted the, yeah, I lifted the thing up and the housing's like half full already. Oh, no. I was like, oh, God. And I turned to my mate. I'm like, I'm fucked. Excuse my language. I got to go. And, I, and he's just like, what? I'm just like, just in front of him, just gone clip, clip. Un- unclip the housing there's like a wave coming at me i'm just like <laughs> and all the water's just gone <sighs> he's just oh fuck and and then i've just like oh shit there's like a wave coming to break and this is a huge slab yeah. so i've just sitting there just not even giving a shit just going my camera's dead god dang it and then just like clip got the bottom clips open but these clips on the top yep i've just gone <laughs> opened it up Water's gone. My my other housing had, I think it had a bottom bit. Yeah. It looks shit. But, and then just got them clipped up and got sucked over with by the wave. And they reckon they were like, oh, there's a wave coming. And I'm like not caring. I'm just like focused on getting the clips getting back the on properly plant, and the housing yeah. back all sealed up, which I did successfully, which was fine. But yeah, and then I've just gone over in the lip. Like all they just saw was my flippers just disappearing as I went over the falls. I'm just holding the camera, just going over, just going, swam in. I guess that's Did it like, survive? No. Yeah. <laughs> Salt instantly. water in the inside of the camera. Yeah, instantly yeah. Um, cooks it. Yeah. Yeah, that was horror. Cause that was like 20 grand worth of gear. Yeah. It's just, it was insured. So yeah. yeah. But was yeah, the lens at- okay? No, zap the circuit on that too. Like, still, I think, yeah, just depends. I think some people's lenses can handle it because they're fairly waterproof, but these things were swimming in it. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I didn't even bother. (laughs) Rack rack it up on the insurance and get a new one. Yeah. I was just like, what's my excess? God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, other than that, We've had some big incidents out in the surf, like people drowning or a um, couple of big rescues. But I've had my, plenty of horror stories of my own. Like yeah, yeah. I went to Hawaii one year and I hopped off the plane and went for a surf and broke my leg. I'd been there two hours. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I guess like um, we're fairly prepared now as well. You yep. just, And I think too there's an element of when you're going out like you need to do your due diligence and then also have done some training and and stay current on what to do when shit hits the fan yeah so that you can just act instead of so i guess yeah uh the only other horror stories is just sharks because they're just like (laughs) i didn't want to talk about them suckers (laughs) fair enough it's pretty scary here Yeah, we've had some pretty close calls, but you just, in seeing a lot of the footage, there's been so many times that they were just hanging around us. Yeah. yeah. A couple of times where you've had like a big shark, like burning through a school of fish, like in between you and the land and you're a kilometre out to sea already. Uh Nice. Yeah. About it. What's your processing workflow look like? You, you, You said you... 
bring them home and you archive them. So are they just dump them off the camera and stick them on a hard drive? Yeah, I should probably go through and photo mechanic stuff, but I was just like, yeah, just archive straight to archive first. Yeah, right. And I'll set up a Lightroom catalog. Yeah, yeah. And just fairly simple. I. So is that next day or a couple of hours later or? Depending on, I guess, how I'm feeling, how freaking tight. Like, I can't yeah. stare at a screen as long anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be able to sit and, like, work and I just, yeah, so I guess it just goes. And there's a lot of that. I don't know whether it's a difference between us or not. Like, the stuff that we go and do is essentially like an expedition. Yeah, they're big efforts. They're yeah. high anxiety, big drives shit anything can go wrong at any point in time and if shit goes wrong you're in fucking so excuse my language again i'm a full little country boy but don't um, worry about it you just you know an adults, go- adults only podcast <laughs> my mum would kick my ass if so for a, even to go swimming in some of the places here like i can get i can go swim out here and i don't even want to think about it because i'm about to go and do it there's yeah. been a shark attack at the place where i'm about to go and swim yeah i can get going right i can get rolled instantly yeah i'm and having lived here and knowing what happens during the shark attack and all the attacks that have been here it's not pretty uh. it was a question <laughs> is that the question did that answer the question i, I don't know probably <laughs> It was about your processing. <laughs> oh, processing. Yeah, I'm pretty simple. I don't know. No one's ever told me off when I show, like, but I have a mate years and years ago. He's a professional retoucher in New York. Yeah. So he used to like retouch for Vogue magazine and stuff like that. Yeah. And he, a lot of the time, he used to just flick an image to black and white. Yep. I'm like, why are you doing that? And he's, man, you've got. F- Darks, lights, shadows, highlights. Yeah. Like you don't need to, if you understand how to. It's all about contrast. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and just like pushing and, and getting the balance of everything so that it's not making, the, blowing the image out in terms of noise or grain. It's not distorting the pixel quality. Yeah. It's just like working within the dynamic range of, and so I just, pretty much stick within that like getting a little bit more creative now i feel like i've gone a little bit more contrasty and art based yeah um, more kind of blacks than yeah no fairly simple i I really enjoy i do enjoy the editing it just sucks i just can't sit for long periods of time now so yeah no i know what you mean have you ever hit a creative wall and have you dealt with it? Have a meltdown. <laughs> nah. Creative wall, I don't. The wall that I hit is selling myself. Yeah, right. In terms of creativity, I got pillaged. Like architecture is a process. You know, it's a degree in critical and creative thinking. I feel like I. that's the actual overthinking and the yep. thinking side of things. Oh, yeah, good <laughs> at that. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> what do you see as being the biggest challenge facing photography right now? As a 
fine art or photography oh, in general, it, it, like commercial what, what photography. Whatever has been the biggest challenge. Photography in general. Yeah, yeah. Not oh, it's hundred percent. It's going to be artificial intelligence. There's no way that anyone can like not look at that and not. But again, like if you're already upskilling yourself to be able to utilize those tools, yeah. The world's other than that. The world's really gone visual, and in the surfing industry, especially like the photography side of stuff, is pretty dead. Yeah, there's not. There's no money in it. Yeah, but and everyone wants to like, especially Instagram, and everyone wants to consume moving. We all like to watch video over a photo. Yeah, yeah. It still has its place because of humans' ability to capture a vision, or like it's my eye. Yeah, yeah. And it's like anything that's creative or art based even like marketing or any say the wow would i rationalize this like the head of nike marketing they have their own if the lady or woman they have their own taste they're going to gravitate towards that taste yep different companies they're going to have different tastes and yeah i think it's it's probably ai but what do you think i i think it's just oversaturation everyone's a photographer and if you particularly in the commercial realm unless you're being hired for a specific corporate gig or something like that there's virtually no money in it because newspapers don't pay for photos anymore they just pinch them off instagram or uh, videos and you've really got to be like the one thing that i've noticed i don't know whether i'm right or wrong you've really got to be young extroverted yep like it's a mark the world and a good life. marketer yeah yeah the world in general is a marketing exercise absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah. anyone can um, in that regard there's like more opportunity for any of us ever absolutely but the the thing i've noticed is that particularly with some of that news in particular the journalistic stuff i don't give a rat's clack about quality Oh, yeah, nah. Whereas they they used to 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 have a bunch of staff photographers that were fully trained and they knew how to get in the right position and they'd go and do whatever it took to to get the shot. And now they they don't pay people for that because, yeah, there's a few still kicking around, but they just sift through social media and pinch what they want. I had one of my closest friends who's easy. Yeah, he's my favourite photographer. He's yeah. internationally renowned photographer. I won't mention his name just because, but he does get, he gets some big, big clients and stuff like that. But even he's just, nah, I just feel like it's almost like easier just to wrap it up and just go and get a nine to five job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to hear someone like that say, because like he's better at all that stuff than I am. I was yeah. just like, but when I've gone through, I, I know it's, like people won't understand my if they don't understand what some of my life experience has been like they won't understand my ability to do or not do certain things yeah certain tasks and like going through photography and having all the experiences in doing the different genres and stuff like that yeah it's it's, it's not a lot of it like i actually want to do so um, do you like to do when you're not out surfing and shooting 
nah, just do this. That's all I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not anywhere where I need to be. And when, especially after this year now, I've freaking been fairly smoked with tax. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just what do I like to do? Muay Thai, actually. I do okay. like that. Yeah. yeah. Martial arts. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's one thing I've, I've probably, I've only last couple of years. It's only been yeah. about three. I've loved it since I was a little kid, but I've just been practicing in Muay Thai for the last three years now. Been to Thailand three times. Cool. I find that is like necessary. Like I have to do it yeah. for my brain. Just yeah. that explosive exercise. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I think about that. Just I've just been sit working hard on, on this stuff until I get it up and running. I uh, I can't really I don't have much time for fun. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. What about you? I got the family. I love traveling. I just actually got back from two months over in Europe. Going to Fiji this Saturday. Yeah. Ha ha. Uh, for a week. Uh, That's one place I wouldn't wouldn't mind going either. Yeah, I've I've never been. I've, I, I landed there once on a on a trip back from the states, and it was just a refuel. Didn't get off. Didn't even get off the plane. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's the only time I've ever been there. So don't know that'd don't know nice. quite what to expect there. But uh, I'd like to go to Samoa. That'd be nice. Yeah, but yeah, the the next big thing for me is to uh, get out in the in the motorhome. My wife and I bought and head up the coast first off, and then we'll probably head down the coast and at one point we will get ourselves on a lap of australia i think that's the Wait. plan anyway good job yeah. who do you think i should be talking to on the podcast is there anyone that you think is worth having a chat to who have you had on oh, from my job 113 people out of the ocean stuff warren keelan who was the other guy that i spoke to you talk to Ange? No, I haven't. Uh, Ange Samark? No, I haven't yeah, spoken yeah, to him Ange yet. On. Yeah, he's yeah. on my list, yeah. Yep. Ty Inez? He'd be a good one. Yeah, no, I haven't spoken to Ty. I love his work, yeah. Out of the NFT crew, you've got Ren, Ty. Yeah, I've Ange, spoken to Ren McGann. Yeah. Colin Duell. Yeah. No, that'll do. Um, plenty, plenty to add to the list. Yeah, because what kind of genres in the, just I'm just thinking of the on the ocean stuff. Yeah, no, it's landscape, so I include architecture in that. And, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool. Who does the ICM for? I just know. I've been trying to think of him because he's doing a lap of Australia. Andrew Hooker. Yes. Yeah. Have you chatted to him? No, I haven't yet. He's definitely on the list though. He could have some cool stories. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon he will. I'm planning, if I can, to catch up with him when we're on the road at some yeah, point. See that that'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. If you if you come over this way, let me know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yep. I'll, I'll keep everyone informed as to my movements once once we get out on the road. Yes, yeah. <laughs> make it a big NFT collection. Maybe. Yep. Well, I got one more question for you, and for most of the punters, it's the most important one I can ask. Do you like pineapple on pizza? Certain pizzas, yeah, I don't mind it at all. I like pineapple. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> it can be like a nuclear bomb. It's like putting a cherry tomato on, on pizza. Yeah, I don't mind a cherry it. tomato, yeah. But, it, like, it holds its heat. Yeah, 
Okay. So you were like, did you? And it's just like this molten lava little piece. But <laughs> no, I liquid fire. The old, the old ham, pineapple, and cheese. I didn't mind it. But yeah, you can overdo it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Overdoing it's not a good idea. It's been wonderful catching up with you, mate. Yeah, likewise. How can people find your work? Twitter at Kim Feast. Instagram is the same. Yeah, just Kim Feast. I've got couple of a website coming that will be huzzers.com.au <laughs> looking forward to that yeah. and yeah just those two channels are probably the the main my instagram twitter's got my link tree on there so that's got everything um, yeah fair enough it's got all my art and i'll post links to all of that stuff when i post the uh, the episode all right mate thanks very much no worries. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks again for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Vero, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. Grant Swinburne and hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm-hmm.